Welcome to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. This was a very successful week for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They won all four games, three on the road and one at home. The week began with an eye-opening performance by Louis Domingue, and although it ended with another cover-your-eyes performance from Casey DeSmith, the Penguins found a variety of ways to win. Domingue would have gotten the second start in less than a week last night, but he was injured during the morning skate on Thursday. So while the backup goaltending has become a bit of an issue, the number one goalie, Tristan Jari, continues to play at an elite all-star level. And all of this despite what Mike Sullivan described as disconnected defensive zone play by his team in recent games. Good morning and welcome to Penguins Live Weekly. This is Paul Steigerwald, Brian Metzer alongside, Wayne Gretzky-Anderson at the controls. And good morning, Mets. It is a good morning for the Penguins with a big win last night in Columbus. And it looks like this week Sidney Crosby found his scoring touch again. He certainly did. Um, He has been a catalyst for the team, and it's – Great to see him back on his line with Jake Gensel and Brian Rust. You know, Rust getting himself healthy and out of protocol and back into the lineup. And and Sidney Crosby got that empty net goal earlier in the week, Stag. And for some reason, that seemed like because he was getting all of those chances and not scoring. And the next thing you know, he puts one in and he has been a machine uh, ending with the hat trick last night. That's the great news. And for a second consecutive game that he played, Casey DeSmith was pulled by Mike Sullivan. I realize many days went by in between, but yeah. in his last two starts, he's been taken out. That's not how you want to have it happen when you are a goaltender in the National Hockey League, and that's not how you want it to be for the Pittsburgh Penguins either. I mean, your backup goalie has to be able to go in and give you some minutes and keep, you know, Jari cannot play every night. And in this situation, that that's not serving a good purpose for Casey to not be able to finish out these games. And I know he was in, in a bad situation coming out of protocol. Maybe Louis Domingue was going to play and wasn't available, so he had to get in there. And he gave up a couple of goals that might have raised an eyebrow or two, and then the next thing you know, Jari was in for the start of the second, which was even more uh, eyebrow-raising when you consider the work he had to put in just a night prior. Exactly. Um, we'll hear from Mike Sullivan on the – Casey DeSmith situation uh, in a little while. Uh, last night he was, uh, I think, really had Casey's back, and we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, on both occasions that Casey came in, Jari did stop the bleeding, so he's been phenomenal. A couple of uh, come-from-behind wins out west, a wild game where they almost blew a four-goal lead at home against Ottawa Thursday night, a gritty win last night in Columbus. Kind of a mixed bag of, of games and situations for the Penguins, blowing leads, coming from behind, you know, that kind of thing. Not as, uh, well... I guess, even healed as uh, the Penguins had been during their 10-game winning winning streak. That's what's been probably the most intriguing aspect of them right now is that they're winning all different ways, and it doesn't have to be a perfect game, and they're still finding a way to get the two points on most nights. So that gives you even better, um, I guess, hope and expectation for whenever they do get back to playing the way that they were during the 10-game winning streak stag because they were they – were, you know, utterly dominant on certain nights during that span. And now they haven't always looked that way, but they're finding ways to claw back. They're, if they get in a hole, it doesn't mean the night's over. I mean, they we've seen a couple of comebacks now um, where, that have been very impressive. I, I don't think there was one even more impressive than that, the Vegas comeback. I mean, wow. Absolutely. To come, down, come back from being down three goals in the first period and win a hockey game in very impressive fashion the way that they did – just speaks to the character of the team and the leadership group. And they're and the leaders are the ones kind of spearheading it. Isn't it nice to learn lessons and not have to actually pay the price of losing the game? I mean, that's how good the Penguins are. Well, 
we the only thing I would say is let's hope that the lessons are being learned. I think they are. I mean, no, I agree. Based yeah. on what they're saying and stuff. Yes. And I even thought you saw some improvement uh, last night in Columbus. No, completely agree. And because that's the only thing you, you worry about. And we talk about this a lot. When you still win, when you don't do everything correctly, you're like, oh, well, we got this. And eventually you're going to run into the Carolina Hurricanes or somebody like that. I mean, the Rangers found out the hard way last night. Uh, how it is to play a team that they were ahead in the, ahead of in the standings and they got their noses rubbed in a little bit. So you would hate to see the Penguins get into that situation when a lot of people are starting to think the Penguins are amongst the cream of the crop in the National Hockey League right now. So they've just got to clean up these little things. But you're getting the two points. And as we sit today, just one point off the lead in the Metropolitan Division. Shame on us, Mets, for uh, being excited about the fact that the Penguins were finally healthy. Oh, we got all <laughs> of our players. And then, Jeff, you know, Jason Zucker's out. And now Zach Gaston Reese last night blocks a shot and has to leave the game. It never it never seems to end. No, and what do I always mm. say? One tags in, one tags mm. out. Two tag in, two tag out. It's a revolving door, and that is the main reason I do like some of the depth that the Penguins have or have right now, because we always say, Oh, maybe they have too many forwards, or they could use some blue line help, something like that. Well, you can't afford to move a body when you can't keep them all healthy because your A lineup is almost never together. And sometimes the the B option has almost given you a, a, a more impressive outing on a given night just based on those guys wanting to make a name for themselves. I don't know if the Penguins are built for the playoffs, but I know they're built for COVID. Yeah, they've <laughs> certainly weathered that storm better than a lot of teams. We've seen some teams crash and burn through this COVID situation. The Penguins just keep on keeping on, and I think that the the COVID gods are making them pay a little bit this year for having sidestepped it so much last season. They didn't really miss time for COVID last year and last season's uh, games, and this year they've probably dealt with it a little bit more than everybody else. Just lucky enough to not have eight and ten guys at a time. They're doing it in little groups. So a four-game winning streak for the Penguins, four wins this week, and we'll recap those when we come back and also talk about the all-star performances of Tristan Jari and Jake Gensel. We'll delve into the backup goalie situation and hear from Mike Sullivan on that subject. It's another hour of spirited Saturday morning hockey talk on the Penguins Radio Network, presented by s Bank. The Pittsburgh Penguins are brought to you by our founding partners, PPG. Official paint of the Penguins. Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Pens game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great-looking finish. Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. My work has been seen by millions. My work helps save lives. My work has gone platinum because I helped deliver the Vince Lombardi Trophy, life-saving medical devices, and equipment that records the biggest hits. I work at FedEx. Apply now at fedex.com careers. FedEx, where now meets next. Pens fans, how well do you know 2-6? You've seen our red logo on the ice, but did you know that we're a multi-billion dollar technology company headquartered right here in Penguins territory and entering our 50th year of operation? At 2-6, our vision is a world transformed through innovative materials vital to a better life today and the sustainability of future generations. 2-6, materials that matter. No matter what level athlete you are, you know how to bring it. 
and you can't let a sports injury slow you down. Experts at UPMC Sports Medicine cater to the needs of athletes and active people of all ages. We offer individualized treatment plans, advanced surgical options, physical therapy, and more to get you back in the game sooner. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit upmc.com forward slash sports medicine. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. This is Penguins Live Weekly. We're here every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. to take a look back at the week that was for the Penguins. And the week began last Saturday night in San Jose, California, against the Sharks. And Louis Domingue got his first start as a Penguin. The Penguins had lost their previous game 6-2 to the Kings and found themselves down 1-0 to the Sharks, 7-0-1 into the first period. Rudolph's Balser is ahead for Meyer over the attacking line. Backhands right wing for Carlson. Back in front of the flexion. They score. Balser's all alone atop the crease. Puts it in past Deming. Just with over seven minutes gone in this first period, San Jose with the first goal. It's 1-0 Sharks. On a night when the Penguins were facing two of the renowned offensive defensemen in the game, Brent Burns and Eric Carlson, Another great offensive defenseman tied the game in the first period. Bluger, he'll throw it out to center for Gensel. Hands it off for Latang, streaking in down the right wing. Latang to the backhand, shoots, he scores! An absolutely beautiful goal from Chris Latang. Backhand finish, and it's 1-1 on Latang's third of the year and second in as many games. Louis Domingue stole the show through two periods as the Sharks outshot the Penguins 28-12 through the first 40 minutes. The Penguins had a 14-13 advantage in the third in shots, and all they needed was one shot in overtime to break the 1-1 tie. Sidney Crosby back down low for Chris Letang. Snaps that out through center. He finds Crosby streaking in down the right wing. Peels to the high slot between the hash marks, holding centering in front. Gensel shoots. He scores! And you can lock the doors and turn out the lights because the Penguins have won this game in overtime. Jake Gensel sinks the Sharks. Pittsburgh 2, San Jose 1. That was vintage Sid on the three-on-three, feeding Gensel for the big goal. And, boy, Jake just keeps scoring the big goals for the Penguins. He's having a great year. He's leading the team in scoring now, Stag. I know he, he added to those totals as we went through the week. But I was just looking at his numbers. He's now at 40 points in 34 games. And he is certainly not just completely reliant on Sid for his scoring. But you can make the case that since Sid got back in the lineup, it really got Jake going this year because most of his goals have come since Sid got back. And, of course, he's at 20 now for the uh, fifth time in his career. So Jake Gensel is a huge offensive catalyst for this hockey team. So a great win for Louis Domingue uh, for the Penguins. It was on to Las Vegas for the final game of this six-game, 13-day odyssey that the Penguins were on. And the game began with a rare soft goal, I thought, allowed by Tristan Jari. Carter had skip off his stick in the far circle, and the Golden Knights cleared out to center. Skating through the neutral room. He's heading off. Down the left wing for Stevenson. Shoots, and he scores! Chandler Stevenson from the left wing circle beats Jari on the Golden Knights' first shot of the night. It's 1-0 Vegas. The Golden Knights built a 3-0 lead in that first period, and in the second, the hometown kids started the Penguins on the comeback trail with a power play goal. 
To Kappen into the far side for Carter. His wrister stopped by Leonard. Rebound there. Dug for by Zucker. Leonard had it for a second. Still loose. They put it in and score. Welcome back to Vegas in the lineup. Jason Zucker. A power play goal. A PPG for PGH. And it's 3-1. Brian Boyle and Teddy Bluger hooked up for a huge goal to get the Penguins back to within one. Puck back down to our right in the Penguins end. Jari leads it behind the net from again. Shots are 11-1 Penguins in this period. Quick pass up ice, finds Boyle behind the defense, cuts in on the forehand, flips it on goal, save Leonard, rebound, they score! Picking up the trash and putting it home is Teddy Bluger. Two quickies for the Penguins. We got a game, it's 3-2. That's what I'm talking about, baby. The Golden Knights were 16-0 when leading going to the third period, but Gino reached into his old bag of tricks to help the Penguins tie it up. Dumoulin and Latang remain out there. The Malkin line out to take this draw to the right of Robin Leonard. Malkin wins it to Kappen and Rister. He scores! And the Penguins have come all the way back. Kasperi Kapanen with a missile from the left wing circle. We're tied at three. Actually, Zucker would end up getting that goal as it went off his stick into the net. And what would a Penguins game be without a goal from Jake? Penguins control off the draw on the attacking end. It's Matheson, left point, wrist shot, blocked atop the crease, still loose in the blue paint, centered in front by Gensel. He tucks it in at the near post and scores! Jake Gensel, a tremendous individual effort, has put the Penguins in front for the first time tonight. It's 4-3 Pittsburgh. Sidney Crosby added an empty netter, a very important one as it turned out, as Mets said earlier, and the Penguins completed an impressive comeback with a 5-3 win. Bad start for the Penguins, but a great finish, Mets. Yeah, that's an understatement. I I just love the the resilience, and I know that's a, a line that Mike Sullivan's used a lot this week. This group showed a lot of resilience, the way that they were able to, to fight back. They were pretty dominant over the second and third periods against a team that is thought of, at least, as being in the in the upper echelon of the National Hockey League. I know they've kind of faltered a little bit as of late, and the Kings are nipping at their heels in their division, but I, I still found it impressive the way that they roared back, and you could see that they got to Robin Leonard a little bit in this one. When he was letting up those goals, uh, those old anger issues almost looked to be bubbling to the surface. He was getting awfully gruff, and uh, you could just see like this this complete grimace on his face, especially when the Jake goal went in on the wraparound, it was one he was not pleased with, Stag. And uh, we should mention that the point of this is when he did hit the 20-goal mark for the season, and as of that game, he was averaging .62 goals per game this season, which is pretty impressive. Um, Tristan Jari uh, has, I would say, allowed, you could count soft goals on one hand all year, and it might be less than five fingers. Yep. Uh, that goal that he allowed to Chandler Stevenson was weird. It was just a weird goal. It found its way in somehow. And then he allowed two more. And this was on the heels of, if you remember, his last game was the game in, in L.A. where he allowed a bunch of goals. He played great. But you start to wonder, you know, are those pucks going in the net on him starting to affect his psyche a bit? And I thought it was impressive that he got himself straightened out in that game. They gave him a chance to do that. And, you know, that's a bit of a breakthrough, I think, even for Jari because he hadn't been through that experience before. Yeah, you know, it's it's it, he doesn't do that. He doesn't make like many mistakes this season. He's looked really good, and I think it started in this game is when we saw him doing that sliding around stuff, and that kind of surfaced throughout the rest of the week too. 
and I don't know if it's an ice issue or if it's him trying to, you know. No, I think it's a it's a thing that he did a lot last year. That well, he and, and, and there's a lot more shots in these games, like yes. we talked about. And so scoring I, chances, and it's like maybe getting him overthinking. And what he's doing is trying to push off and slide to make those quick saves, and he's not catching the other post, and he's putting himself out of position. And then you stir in the fact in this game. I think this was the first time we noticed some of that net front issue surfacing for the Penguins as well because Vegas scored two of their three pretty much on top of Tristan Jari. There was the power play goal, and then there was the late one in that period. Um, or the the first, the Dadanov one was the deflection, but then the, the Roy one was right on top of Jari, essentially, on that power play, and he was just digging at it and knocked it in. So those are things that his defense probably helped a little bit with a few weeks ago, and maybe they'll clean that up. But to your point... He, he showed that same resilience to bounce back and make 19 saves through the second and third. I'll tell you, you know, Jason Zucker hasn't made a big impact in a lot of hockey games, but I thought he made a huge impact in this one, not just because of the goals, but the energy he brought and the, the enthusiasm. He was just brimming. I used the word ebullience uh, the other night after the game, but I, I thought it had an impact on the game, yeah. and it was really sad to see that he got hurt again or he had re-injured himself or re-aggravated, whatever it is, he's got lower body injury. I was pretty disappointed with that uh, when we heard the news, and it kind of just crept up two days later. I mean, right ahead of the game. Oh, I think it was Seth Warbaugh from the Trib. I saw him do because he always looks at the roster before they even announce everything, and he's like, oh, the league is showing Jason Zucker on injured reserve. And I'm like, what? I mean, we, we thought he was fine. Great game for him in Vegas. Uh, it was his birthday a day before that. I think he just turned 30. Goes out, two big goals. He was in front of the net. He looked like he was... He was ready and rearing to go to get himself going this season, and unfortunately he's back on the shelf. So uh, we can only hope it's nothing too significant that keeps him out for an extended period again. Great way to end that long road trip, though, right? Four and two on the trip. And, you know, that really is something that highlights what we talked about, Stag, overcoming a lot of the obstacles and and the pushback and pitfalls and some, some warts that popped up. And you know what? When we look back, we if you look at the games without seeing the scores, you'd be like, ah, oh boy, they didn't look great on the road trip. But to come out of it 4-2, and two, I'll take that any time, especially going through the West Coast swing and living the way they have to do with, you know, worrying about protocols and all this kind of stuff. And to come home with uh, four wins out of six is pretty impressive. So the Penguins were a bunch of happy humans on the flight home on Tuesday. They practiced on Wednesday and hosted the Ottawa Senators Thursday. The Senators fired 22 shots at Tristan Jari in the first period, but the Penguins had a 3-1 lead. Evgeny Malkin broke a 1-1 tie with his first goal on home ice in his first game on home ice this season. Penguins control off the draw on the attacking end. Wrist shot by Matheson, stopped by Forsberg. The rebound, they score! Evgeny Malkin puts it in, and the Penguins are back on top. It's 2-1. Mike Matheson scored on the backhand to make it 3-1 after one, and in the second period, Sidney Crosby cashed in on the power play for a 4-1 lead. Chris Letang up to 31 assists on the season. So pass it through center to the right side for Rust over the line. Back in front, Crosby, backhander, he scores! Top shelf for the captain of PPG for PGH, and the Penguins go up 4-1. And maybe the most impressive goal of the night is the one that made it 5-1. to one. Drops it left wing for Matheson. His shot Whoa. scores! Mike Matheson's got two, and that one was an absolute rocket down the left wing. And bodies come together atop the crease between the circles. Tempers are flaring, goals are being scored, and the Penguins are in front 5-1. to one. 
Senators scored three unanswered goals to make a game out of it. It was 5-4 to four before Jake Gensel salted it away. Behind the cage, Latang lost it to Kachuk, tries to come out with it. Jari stopped him at the far post. Penguins have it at center. Russ left wing for Gensel to the empty net. He scores! And not only are you getting insurance, you're getting a Jake shake. 6-4, Penguins. And that was Colby Armstrong chuckling. He filled in for Phil Bork in the last couple of games as a color analyst, getting a chance to do a little bit of that work. And the Senators most definitely appear to have a bright future, Matt. So very impressed with the way that they played with enthusiasm. Um, I thought Brady Kachuk kind of set the tone for their team. Uh, they kind of reflect him a little bit. Yep. He's their captain. And uh, just in general, a lot of skilled hockey players and made the game very entertaining. Yeah, they they did not make it easy on the Penguins. I, I thought that their pushback in the third may have taken the Pens by surprise a little bit. They got a couple of goals. They were getting physical. They were dropping the mitts. And we talked about it on postgame. I, I feel as if they have that youthful exuberance and energy stirred in with a nice bit of uh, ability to frustrate. They they seemed like they were needling the Penguins, and you could see the mouths running down there and drawing the Pens into a little bit of a game that they don't like to play too often, maybe getting sucked into the after-the-whistle stuff and uh, some fights and and little things like that, but to see the Tim Stutzlers of the world and the the Josh Norris uh, experience was it was I enjoyed watching him play in person. This is a guy that they got in a trade for Eric Carlson, and people were upset when the trade happened. Well, Norris uh, is proving to be a very good first round pick for the San Jose Sharks, but he's getting it done for the Senators now. So. Uh, that's a team that I would certainly want to keep an eye on. And you can see names that they acquired via trade. And I, I know that there's probably a piece or two missing there. But overall, they have the makings of a team that is on the come up and a team that's going to be very, very good moving into the future. Something I noticed is the, uh, the German uh, Tim Stutzla. He had eight hits in the game. And this is a kid that was, you know, a top three draft pick. And is known for his skill. Well, he's out there getting just as physical as anyone. There were a ton of hits in the game in general on both sides. The Penguins talked afterwards about doing a better job in front of their net. And it was Mike Matheson who made the point because they interviewed him because he scored a couple of goals. And then Mike Sullivan would talk about it even more yesterday in the team meeting, and we'll get to that in a moment. But last night they went into Columbus looking for a fourth straight win, and they scored on their first shot of the game. Rust first to it, back to the left point for Dumoulin. Across he goes, right side Latang, a snapshot, pinballs to the slot. Crosby corrals it on the far wall, passes cross ice, nice feed to Dumoulin. Left circle works in, shoots, he scores! 32 seconds in, Brian Dumoulin finds the twine, and the Penguins are off and running. It's 1 0. The Jackets tied it on a shorthanded goal by Gus Nyquist, and you know, it didn't look like a good goal, but it was a weird goal because Nyquist fanned on the shot originally. Yep. And then he got it back, and that threw Casey DeSmith off positionally, and somehow it was like a seeing-eye shot that found its way between the arm and the body of Casey DeSmith. So it looked like a bad goal, <clears throat> excuse me, but it really wasn't, I, I, I would say, a bad goal. But not a good goal to allow when you're trying to come back and you've been on the COVID protocol list and you're trying to reestablish yourself. Uh, for the psyche, it wasn't a very good one for Casey to Smith, but Sidney Crosby made sure he got that one back before the end of the period. It trickles down. Oh, a chance at the side of the net. They score. Sidney Crosby gets it back as he continues a real strong first here period here in Columbus. We're tied at two. And so Jari replaced Casey to Smith at the start of uh, the second, 
and Mike Matheson broke the tie with his third goal in two games. It rolled on edge. <laughs> you could just read the label on it as it rolled over the goal line. And it's cleared out the center. Here's Heinen right back in. Drops it left wing for Dumoulin. In the slot, Matheson blasts one and a save Corpusolo oh, goes oh, between oh, his legs and in. in. They score! Mike Matheson hammered it. It snuck through Corpusolo and the Penguins take the lead with 535 gone in the third period. Who has a hotter stick Holy than Mike Matheson? Smokes. Literally. Maybe Sidney Crosby. <laughs> because yeah. in the third period, he finished with his 12th career hat trick, and it was a, a shot that would make Minnesota Fats proud. Atop the near circle, back pedals to the slot. He'll hand it off left wing for Latang. Into the slot with it. Drops it there for Malkin. Penguins moving around, but no shot. Here's Rust in the near circle. Comes out with it across Crosby. Wow. Shoots. He scores! A PPG for PGH, and the captain with a huge one late in the third. It's 4-2. Bean snaps it right side. Voracek pokes it deeper into Penguin territory. In the near corner, Dumoulin. He'll get it there for Matheson. Up the left wing for Crosby. Lifts that puck through the neutral zone. Oh. Banks it off the board. Oh, my gosh. And he scores. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Sidney Crosby off the far wall into the back of the net. It's the HD for Crosby, and it is just something that's ridiculous. 5-2. Well, Mets, you said it. I, the night that Sid scored the empty netter uh, against San Jose, right, you said that could be a really big goal for Sid. And you said it earlier yeah, in the in, show. In the Vegas game. In the on, Vegas game. Yeah, I beg your pardon. Yep. Yeah, in, the, in the Vegas game. And sure enough. He's been on a roll since. It's, it's just unbelievable. And he had had so many good looks in that game, too. He had a shot on Robin Leonard that he almost did the patented pick the, like the shortest of short sides over his right shoulder, and it hit his neck and shoulder and deflected out. He had a couple other really good looks. But then he gets the ENG, and lo and behold, here he is. He is absolutely rolling right now. And whenever Sid is hot, you can just tell he's not ashamed to shoot the puck he has been firing it. He had 11 shots in his last two games now, and I believe it was 25 in his last seven. So he was getting those opportunities. He's getting rewarded for it now. And in this game, I know he said he didn't mean to do the bank shot. He was looking for Brian Rust. Sidney Crosby would not miss a pass that badly. I watched the video. Rust didn't veer off course or anything. I think he didn't want to be arrogant. He knows I'm going for this, and he also didn't want to get any guff from anybody in case it missed, and there was an icing call. Now, I know what Sid said, and I get it. He said he didn't mean to do it. But it was so impressive to just see him put it into the empty net, and he, he split the middle off a of bank shot stag. I mean, <laughs> it, from the right face-off dot in his own zone. Remarkable. I loved it. And uh, <laughs> the only blemish, Zach Aston Reese, well, besides Casey DeSmith having to be replaced again, and we talked about that, but Zach Aston Reese <laughs> blocks a shot, tries to come back, Goes down the runway, and now he's out. And he was the first game back after being on the COVID protocol list. And I was looking forward to seeing him reunited with Teddy Bluger and Brock McGinn because I think that's a very important line. Despite the fact that Brian Boyle did play well on the left wing on that line the other night, I still think that line uh, kind of is a bit of the stabilizing force for the Penguins in the defensive game that they've become noted for. Yeah, it was a Zach Rurensky shot. Can't even say the guy's name this morning for some reason. Uh, but – and that kid can fire the puck. So it, it clearly hurt him. He went down the runway. And he is – poor, you know, Czar has had one of those years where it's just a bad luck season. He's had COVID twice. He's had a bad luck career when well, it comes yeah, to injuries. Yeah, that's true. COVID twice this year. 
though he's like, you know, on the collect them all plan with these stupid variants. And then the next thing you know, he gets another injury here. And it's just you hope he can bounce back from this one quick because it's almost like he wanted to blow up what we talked about the other night. We were hyping up that line and putting it back together. And then he's like, oh, now I have to go back out. So I, I hope he can get himself back because the physicality he brings and his ability in the corners and just being a catalyst on that line when it's together, I think is something the team will miss. It's a good thing Brian Boyle can play the left wing because Jason Zucker's also out. So that's two left wingers who've gone down again for the Penguins. But they've won four in a row. They're only one point behind the Canes and Rangers in the Metropolitan Division, and they're still rising. And we'll be back with more on Penguins Live Weekly in just a moment as we'll hear from Mike Sullivan on Casey DeSmith and also from Louis Deming. The Penguins, winners of four straight on the Penguins Radio Network presented by s Bank. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 at PPG Paints Arena. And with seven other spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger at Heavenly Shakes. Visit our website at purgatorybar.com. Hey there, hockey fans. Jim Shorky III here, inviting you to check out our Kia starting lineup, the Forte Soul, and our MVP, the 2022 Kia Sportage LX all-wheel drive for only $2.59 per month for 36 months with $19.99 do-it signing, and all backed by an unbeatable 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. We stock more and sell them for less. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Check them out at shortykia.com. See dealer website for lease details. Hey, Penguins fans, put some flavor in your season with Snapple. Here at Snapple, we are serious about flavor. Snapple's got tasty tea and real fruit flavors all mixed to perfection. So try some of our favorite flavors, including peach tea, diet peach tea, or Snapple apple tea at your local retailer. Snapple is the official tea and juice sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Put some flavor in your break. Make time for Snapple. This message is brought to you by the members of Steam Fitters Local 449. Ever ask yourself, what is a steam fitter? Well, a steam fitter installs and services heating and air conditioning equipment in offices, hospitals, schools, and other commercial buildings. Steam fitters install and service refrigerator systems in supermarkets, retail stores, warehouses, and laboratories. Steam fitters work on process pipe. Process pipe systems are in energy and manufacturing plants of all varieties. To see the Steam Fitters Local 449 new training facility, visit the website at UA449.com. Stop by Burgatory, Pittsburgh's favorite local burger joint, located at Section 206 at PPG Paints Arena. And with seven other spots around town, we're always easy to find. Burgatory, hell of a burger at Heavenly Shakes. Visit our website at purgatorybar.com. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. I, I think we put Case in a tough spot tonight. You know, he's just coming off COVID. Our intent was to get him a couple of practices to get him more reps. Um, obviously, when when Louis went down in the morning skate, uh, it forced our hand there. Uh, but I, I think I think we put him in a difficult circumstance tonight. Um, you know, Casey's played a lot of really good hockey for us, and and we know that the the type of goalie that that he is and what he's capable of, and uh, we're going to work extremely hard to help Case capture his best game. But I, I thought he was gaining traction there before the break, and uh, it, and and it's it it's been a little bit of a struggle since. Uh, but but we know he's a good goaltender. We've got to help him get 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 to his very best game. 
So Casey DeSmith replaced by Tristan Jari last night, and uh, Jari gets the win in relief over Columbus. It should have been and would have been a start for Louis Domingue. Another one, uh, less than a week after the one he had last Saturday night when he made 40 saves against San Jose. <laughs> okay. Louis, how, uh, how would you rate your performance tonight? I thought he went pretty good. It's uh, It was how I visual, visualized it. Um, it was a long time coming. I was, uh, you know, ever ever since camp, I was prepared for this this moment, and uh, I saw an opportunity, and either take it or you don't. And I thought tonight I came in uh, focused, and we played up until the last whistle. Great goal, great win. When did you find out that you were going to get the start? What were some of the emotions leading up to this? Um, you know, I. I found out yesterday, but I've been around a bit now where I can control those emotions. And, and, and um, you know, this year, I when I played, I played. I just came out, played. I didn't think of anything. When I'm in practice, I work on my game. When I'm in game, I just try to have fun and play. Um, and it made a big difference this year in the way I played, and uh, and I'm enjoying it. How tough is it to stay as sharp as you look tonight when you're not playing in games regularly? You know what? It wasn't hard tonight to, to, to stay focused. I, uh, how could you, you know, play for the Penguin, the Pittsburgh Penguins? It's, it's a privilege to be on this team. It's a privilege to be in this organization. And I think that's how you should come out every night. You know, I know there's night that's not going to go your way and there's nights that you're not going to be as good, but... Bottom line is what a privilege it is to be here. I think we were great. We executed the game plan. I think disrupting their breakouts was something we wanted to do. You saw our uh, our team uh, work up ice and and uh, you know get in their kitchen a little bit, and and that took some time off the clock. And uh, and then after that we just battled. We battled. We executed what we wanted to do, and uh, you know we were good. We blocked shots. We were hungry on rebounds. I think another key of the game was to, to own both both uh, net fronts, and uh, we did a good job on the PK of doing that for sure. Do you feel like you're in a battle with Casey Smith for a job in Pittsburgh? Not at all. Uh, I I I'm. We all like each other. We all push each other. I'm. I'm just here to give a break to to, to Jars, and uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. But I, I'm certainly not thinking about any battle with uh, any goaltender to, uh, at all. By battle, I didn't mean just a competition. I, I'm I'm definitely not trying to steal anyone's job. I'm just doing mine, and and trust me, it's hard enough as it is to to do your own job here. So. You think you guys showed today collectively as a team to come out with two points in the game when you clearly didn't play your best hockey? Uh, I think we, uh, you know, it, it took a lot of, uh, for us to, to come out in the third and play the way we did. Um, we were kind of carrying that uh, uh, last maybe four or five periods were, weren't our best. We knew that. Um, but we certainly turned it around in the third. I thought we were uh, hungry. We played as a, as a as five, uh, whether it was in the offensive zone or in, in the defensive zone. And, uh, you know, that's how you come out with wins. Definitely. I mean, it's always uh, it's always huge momentum swings, and um, 
we did a, we did a good job killing at the end of the second and, and early in the third and then again in the third period we we brought our best and you know when when the Pittsburgh Penguin bring their best it's it's hard to beat us. Okay, you gotta love Louis Domingue. I mean, you know, the guy who's not really been a part of things uh, all that much, and then he sounds like a guy who's a spokesman for the team. I mean, it was really good. I like that he was immediately talking about we and us and the team, and like you said, he he he's been around it, but he he had never even played for the for the club, and he he's out here with that you know the privilege talk and everything. I just loved his attitude when I heard him speak. I just thought it was a great outlook to have for a backup goaltender or even a number three on the depth chart to come in with that sort of attitude speaks to the character that he brings. And I think that that is one of the biggest aspects that every person we've seen enter this locker room this season who was a new face. The character seems to be off the charts, regardless of what they've done in the past. He He's come in here. He's fit right in. And he's not saying, you know, I'm here to knock him off his perch and take, you know, Casey DeSmith's job or anything like that. Um, however... I think that it's only a one-game sample, but right now he looks like a guy that could push for the backup role, at least in a short sample size here, to try and give Jari some relief. What it definitely does is underscore, once again, the importance of having not two good goalies, three. Because last <laughs> year in the playoffs, yeah, Mike Sullivan was reluctant to play um, Maxime Legacy even though he had shut out the Buffalo Sabres yep. in the final game of the regular season, he didn't have the confidence to turn to him when Jari was completely rattled after game five. And I think now you have a situation, hopefully, Domingue gets back, and now you have, and you get Casey DeSmith back on track, you've got the, not what I would say is a luxury, but a necessity of having three quality goaltenders when you go into the playoffs. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I, I think it's going to be worth looking at um, to see what they do with Casey, because if they can't right the ship right now, will they have to even maybe look for another option, not to put him out of, the, out of the organization or anything like that, Stag, but he's had a save percentage over 900 just three times this season. Once was the shutout, once he was at 966 against Seattle, and he was at 903 in his start against Montreal, but beyond that, it was 872, 886, 783, 815, 813, 833. So when you see the save percentages in those games, he's having some rough nights, and um, that's right now something he's going to have to work through. And I know you had a note on the on the rundown. Andy Kyoto's got some work to try and get him back on track. And he's a good goalie coach, and this is what goalie coaches are for, uh, these exact situations where they try to help a guy get back on track. Yep. And Casey DeSmith didn't forget how to play goal. Uh, he's just going through a rough patch right now, and Andy Kyoto's a very positive guy. I think he's a really good goalie coach, and hopefully he'll be able to get him back to where he needs to be. Meantime, uh, when does he play next? I mean, I think the next back-to-back is about a week from now. Uh, I think it's the 26th and 27th, something like that. I think you're right about that when I looked at this, because it was going to be right before they weren't going to play for an extended period, too, because it was going to be almost right before the start of February. Yeah, they play the 27th and 28th uh, versus Seattle and then versus Detroit. It's a Thursday, Friday. Yeah, so Next I think week. that's when you'll see Casey DeSmith get another opportunity, unless Louis Domingue comes back sooner, but uh didn't look like that was going to be the case. Meanwhile, Tristan Jari just keeps on playing unbelievable hockey, and he's headed to the All-Star game for a second time. Last time I went, uh, I was kind of somebody that was called upon after a couple guys got hurt, so this one feels a lot more exciting. I'm very excited to be able to go, and I'm very honored to go and represent the organization. And Jake Ensel is going to Vegas, too. He was voted in, which is a nice uh, distinction. 
Uh, he has had an absolutely phenomenal run. You mentioned his numbers earlier in the show, Mets. Uh, Jake Gensel has emerged. Mike Sullivan referred to him as a superstar. I reserve those terms for people like Mario Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky, at uh, all. I think there's only so many superstars in the history of the game. and But Jake Gensel is definitely a star. There's no question about that. I would agree with you there, Stag. He's at 40 points in 34 games. He ranks 20th in the league in scoring right now. Uh, and in terms of goals, he is currently sitting at, uh, I'll tell you this because I know we have to hit break here, he is at number eight in the league, actually tied for seventh in terms of goals with 21. So uh, the Penguins have allowed 40 shots and three of five before last night. Uh, Mike Sullivan addressed that subject. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll hear from him on that topic on the Penguins Radio Network presented by ST Bank. I'm attorney Edgar Snyder. I'm a die-hard black and gold fan, and I never like to hear that our athletes are injured. At Edgar Snyder & Associates, we know how serious injuries can be. They can keep you out of the game. Or if you're an accident victim, injuries can sideline you from your life. At Edgar Snyder & Associates, we help get you off the sidelines and back in the game. For a free consultation, call one 800 9 for edgar or visit edgarsnyder.com. And remember, there's never a fee unless we get money for you. Your business is growing. Now what? The bankers at ST Bank are ready to discuss your concerns and help provide you with what you need for your business to succeed. Stop by and visit one of the local offices and talk options with a banker today. Or go online at stbank.com or call 800-325-2265. ST Bank. Member FDIC. It's a new year, and with thousands of possible menu combinations, there's always something new to try at GetGo. Plus, Chef Tom, our classically trained chef, and his team of foodies are always cooking up new and exciting ideas. With amazing made-to-order food like their legendary fresh subs, including the spicy buffalo-loaded buffalo chicken sub, and new creations like the pizzeria meatball melt, you'll find something that hits the spot every time you stop by. GetGo Cafe and Market. Better believe it. Hey, Pens fans, this is Josh Getzoff. This season, Vector Security is giving away a free home security system for life to one new customer every Friday. So if you're going to the game, look for the Vector Security logo in the lights and on screens throughout the arena and enter to win. Or you can enter anytime by visiting Vector Security on Facebook. As the official security partner of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Vector Security wants to help you defend your house for life. You're listening to Penn's Live Weekly, presented to you by PPG Paints. You know, we had a, a pretty uh, substantive discussion this morning at our team meetings with respect to, to that. I think, you know, we, we're a team when, when, when we play, uh, when we pl- play collectively as a group uh, on both sides of the puck, I think we're, we're a very competitive team. And uh, we can be as stingy as any team in the league defensively. Uh, when when we're connected with respect to um, what everybody's job is and uh, and the commitment to playing the game a certain way and when we get away from it I think um, you know like most teams uh, we can be very ordinary and I thought that was the case yesterday and so you know it, it, our observation as a coach and staff is that we've been a little bit disconnected with respect to uh, the details uh, in particular in the defensive zone you know we're 
uh, our defensemen are, are drifting away from the net, maybe chasing sticks into the high ice when they don't need to. Uh, I, I think our, our, our sort outs when we track back into our, our coverage and cutting our skating down and stopping and, and defending inside out and protecting the good ice, uh, I don't think we've been as diligent there. So a lot of it boils down to, to just attention to detail, understanding what your job is, and then a commitment to do it consistently. And, and I feel like we've gotten away from that a little bit, and as a result, we're giving up uh, some high-danger chances that, that, uh, that we haven't given up, quite honestly, for a lot of the season. And, and that's an area of the game where, where we've got to shore up and get better. Uh, as I said to the players this morning, I, you know, the good news about that is for me, it's uh, we know we're capable. It's it's about a mindset, an attitude, and a conscious effort to, to play the game the right way. And as long as those are there, I think I think those are very solvable quickly. That's a very substantive answer by Mike Sullivan yesterday in the morning skate, and he was happy after the game that the Penguins showed improvement and had uh, you know sort of embraced the message. Uh, against Columbus. I don't know what the high-danger scoring chances were last night, Mets. Maybe you could find that, but I know there were 14 of them for the Ottawa Senators on Thursday, and the Penguins felt they had to clean that up going into the game last night. Brian Dumoulin said he felt they did a better job. He mentioned that in both games, the game against Ottawa and then again last night, uh, the two teams they played uh, against uh, had a tendency to want to feed pucks from behind the net back out in front, which can really cause some chaos for the defense and the goaltender who has to look back over his shoulder, wondering where that puck's coming from. The D uh, have to turn around. Their backs end up to the you know the other team's uh, forwards on the attack, that kind of thing. So it was uh, something that they felt they had to really kind of con- conscientiously yeah. approach, and they did so last night, which was nice to see. Yeah, they definitely improved, um, and it was an improvement from the Senators game for sure where the Penguins out high danger chance the Blue Jackets 10-7. to and they had the scoring chance advantage 25 to 18. So uh, they, they, they did seem to clean that up a little bit. And truth be told, the first two goals they allowed in the game, they were a little bit iffy. We talked about that. And if those don't go in, who knows how this game even goes. It was much closer than it needed to be. The Blue Jackets hung in there, though. I thought they, they pushed back and played a, a decent hockey game, but the Penguins certainly... Uh, showed that they were at this moment, I think, the better hockey team and found a way to come away with a victory. And they they did some good work in protecting their goaltender. Um, just overall, the way they, they approached this game, I know that they still allowed, uh, or they, they really had one of their better games. They tightened it up just with four shots in the third period last night against. So it was one of those ones where the Penguins said, okay, we're going to find a way to get this win close it down, protect our goalie, not have him have to deal with a lot of that below-the-goal-line stuff that we saw the night before, and and they got the big victory out of it. Um, The Geno effect. You know, I mentioned this to Phil Bork last night on the pregame show. I mean, Geno, even if he's playing and playing the way he plays and maybe affecting the way the team looks when he's on the ice, there's still 40 minutes in the game when he's not on the ice. You know, he's sitting on the bench between shifts. Why would the team's play change all that dramatically when he's not even really out there on the ice. I guess it, maybe it's just a contagious thing where the team starts to play a little differently when he's around. I, I can't I, I can't brush it under the rug. I mean, I think you have to mention it. Yeah, I, well, this is what's bad. You have those moments where you, you take the good and the bad with Gino because he had his fingerprints directly on the shorthanded goal last night because he made one of those little fluff moves at the blue line and Nyquist takes it and goes the other direction and scores the shorty. So that's something you don't like to see. But then I think they did just get 
and I I hate to constantly say loosey goosey and and stuff like that, but they it, it seems as if the skill players on this team look at the fact that he's back as saying, well, boy, we have our whole contingent of skill in the lineup now. We're going to be able to run and gun and blow teams away. And even Mike Matheson, um, a game ago, when he had the three-point night, he was beaten on a play because he was trying to get up ice. I think everybody, like Latang's done it a few times. Tanger had a couple of uncharacteristic giveaways on a power play a couple games ago since Geno's back in the mix because they're trying to do their razzle-dazzle. So I think they've just got to get back to that simplified game. And if I were Mike Sullivan, I would be telling the team, hey, why don't we watch tape of the Anaheim game, Geno's first game back, where everybody still worked hard. There was a blue-collar approach. Geno played within the system and still was lethal. He had two big goals. He was all over the place and very dangerous. Very good point. Okay, before we go, uh, we're going to unfortunately end this show on a sad note because the hockey world lost a giant last night. Yeah, Clark Gillies unfortunately passed away and um, obviously a close friend of Mario Lemieux. He's always part of his fantasy camp. And I know I have a, a lasting memory of him walking into the Lexus Club with the, the championship trophy whenever I was down there a couple years ago for that event. And Mario said, I'm deeply saddened to learn of the passing of my friend Clark Gillies. He was an incredible player, fierce competitor, and a true gentleman. I am grateful for our friendship and his support of my foundation through the years. His generosity and philanthropy was unmatched. Natalie and I send our heartfelt condolences condolences to his wife, Pam, and their daughters. I feel bad for Brian Trottier this morning because he's really Good tight buddy of his, with yep. Clark Gillies. They played a lot together on a line. They won cups together. And Trotz always spoke with a great reverence and affection uh, for Clark Gillies, who I did meet when he came to town to work with the Mario Lemieux Foundation. And what a nice man. And he was scary on the ice, tough. He was something else. He was really special. And that is a sad note uh, this morning to tell you. Penguins, by the way, also lost a former uh, Penguin defenseman alumni, uh, Randy Boyd, and defenseman uh, passed away earlier in the week. So uh, life goes on. The Penguins will play the Winnipeg Jets tomorrow, and we'll have the pregame show for you around noon. For Brian Metzer, Wayne Gretzky Anderson, this is Paul Steigerwald. Hey there, hockey fans. Jim Shorty III here, inviting you to check out our Mitsubishi starting lineup. Eclipse Cross, Outlander Sport, and our MVP, the all-new 2022 Outlander with third-row seating and loaded with great equipment. And all backed by that unbeatable 10-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Our opponents can't compete because we stock more and we sell them for less. Your deal, your way. What a great day. Check them out at ShortyMitsubishi.com. Some chefs have a secret ingredient. Well, we found the perfect secret ingredient, 7-Up. That's right, 7-Up has just the right balance of bubbles and flavor. That's why you can do a lot with it, like 7-Up pancakes, cupcakes, guacamole, carnitas, and oh yeah, don't forget the cocktails. You can make 7-Up whiskey, sangria, margaritas, and much more. Go to 7-Up.com to find more recipes. Visit your nearest local retailer and pick up a 7-Up 20-ounce bottle. 7-Up is the official soda sponsor of your Pittsburgh Penguins. Do more with 7-Up. Please drink responsible. 7-Up is a registered trademark of Dr. Pepper 7-Up Incorporated. Hey, Pittsburgh Penguins fans, this is Selena Pompiani. You know what's as classic as Jeff Jimerson singing the national anthem at a Pens game? Glidden paint on your walls. Glidden premium interior and exterior paint is easy to use, affordable, and provides a great-looking finish. Oh, and it's available online and in stores at the Home Depot starting at under $20. Skate full speed into your next DIY project with Glidden by PPG, the official paint of the Pittsburgh Penguins. No matter what level athlete you are, you know how to bring it. And you can't let a sports injury slow you down. 
experts at UPMC Sports Medicine cater to the needs of athletes and active people of all ages. We offer individualized treatment plans, advanced surgical options, physical therapy, and more to get you back in the game sooner. For more information or to schedule an appointment, visit upmc.com forward slash sports medicine.